Hello and welcome to the Mercenary Star Podcast. My name is Seth, also known as White Fox SG, and we are a Battletech podcast highlighting the storied mercenary units in the newest Kickstarter from Catalyst Game Labs and beyond. Uh, also known as White Fox SG, I think I said that, but I'm joined today by a very special guest, my co-host for the sh- this episode, Matt Bloodbath Barons from Wolfnet Radio Podcast. How are you doing, sir? Oh, very good, and thank you for the invite. Absolutely. Uh, we are fortunate enough to be talking about the Camachos Caballeros in this ninth episode of the Mercenary Star Podcast. Um, but first, Matt, uh, just so the people know who you are, you're one of the founders of the Wolfnet Radio Podcast, if I'm not mistaken, and you were one of the first to welcome me to the community whenever I joined up, um, goodness, I don't know, five years ago now at this point? It's been a while. <laughs> um, yeah, for sure, at least four or five, because <clears throat> you really yeah. helped us with our logo. Yeah, it's crazy how long... Uh, how much time has gone by but i mean it was before the last kickstarter so uh so yeah that's um yeah it's been a while but uh but for for all of our sakes uh how long have you been a battletech fan when did you get into it i want to say at least 22 if not more years ago in high school Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, definitely, definitely the nineties. So, uh, for me as well. So like I hit pretty early, I had some older friends, uh, who got me into it. And so I was still middle school age. Um, but it was like early nineties for me, for sure. So, uh, awesome. Well, I don't know about you, but, um, I, really like the Camachos Caballeros. In fact, I'm just kidding. I know you like them because that's why you're here. (laughs) (laughs) That's a fact. Um, That's yeah, exactly. Um, but you know, we're going to jump into talking about them here uh, in just a second, but what is it about them that you like? I appreciate that they have individual paint schemes to each of their units. Oh yeah. I like it that, um, they had some very good, very good novels done by uh, Victor Milan, um, God Absolutely. rest his soul. And um, there's some short, there's a short story I found too that I just recently noticed that you know being a fool and not reading everything you have on your shelf a hundred percent cover to cover, you find those Easter eggs and you find those those golden nuggets. When you yeah. start looking at um, a rabbit hole, which we all know happens <laughs> like every day. Oh, um, e- easily in I, the Battletech universe. And I appreciate that they've they've carried some of that combined arms and focused a lot of their storyline with some of the internal external struggle, struggles of um, Cassie Southern, the, the infantry you know, soldier. That's awesome. Absolutely. Like... 
definitely the main character, uh, it, you know, and she's an infantry, not a, you know, battle armored infantry, not a, uh, nope. you know, a straight up, like lowest rank you can get infantry. <laughs> um, oh yeah. And to, to the, the epitome of the idea of you have nothing but what you're carrying on your LPCs, your load, your personal yeah. leather carriers. Um, and most of the time she doesn't even carry that. She just carries a knife. Yeah, half the time she's like naked with a Chris knife and yeah. it's named yeah. Blood Drinker. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. she's dirty in the swamp or thicket or urban combat area. Oh, yeah. Like she's like that true stealth assassin type, uh, <laughs> you know, special. I mean, she's not really special forces. They call her a scout, but they pretty much treat her like special forces. <laughs> oh, she's. She can handle so. like three times her own weight. She's Easily. she's a true she's a true snake eater. Yeah, um, yeah, fantastic character. And if you have not read the novels, we're we're going to talk about them in just a minute. But they are some of the best novels in BattleTech for sure. Um, I I like most of the novels, but like these definitely have have been some of my favorites. But we can get into it. Let's jump over to our presentation. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, shall we? Uh, so real quick, uh, we've got Camacho's Caballeros. They are one of the, they've been around for a while, since the 90s. But we don't really know that much about their origin. Um, we don't necessarily have a, this is how are they, they were formed story. And so we don't know the exact year that they became a unit. Um, best we can tell it's the early three thousands because the, the unit is definitely named for their commanding officer, uh, Carlos Camacho. And, um, we find them fully, we find them as a full regiment in the War of 3039. Which is huge. Which is huge for 3039. I mean, that's up there with, you know, Wolf Dragoons, Eridani Light Horse. Um, I mean, I guess even the Grey Death Legion by then. Um, I mean, that that's like a probably top 1% of mercenary units at that point. And they really focused on um, having a lot more techs um, in their their regiments because they were they wanted to have that tech base and take care of their equipment. You hear that a lot. Yeah, and a lot of the I feel like a lot of them like also were kind of gearheads in this. Yeah, sense. and they, as far as the they even nicknamed the them. They even nicknamed them Aztecs. Oh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Um. But yeah, so we kind of hear about them first, having been in the War of Thirty Thirty Nine, in a flashback. I'm pretty sure, at some point. Um, but then we catch up to them uh, just before the clan invasion in in the first novel, and so that's where the 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 main books take place. 
uh, and we'll get to that in a second. But um, the Caballeros were founded, like I said, early 3000s. Carlos Camacho was their commanding officer. And um, here he comes from nobility with from House Camacho. Yes, he he was from some some had some connection with uh, Merrick nobility or Free World's League yeah. nobility, essentially, uh, because many of the members of the Caballeros came from the Trinity Worlds, which were on the periphery edge of the Free World's League, uh, pr- pretty close to the Lyran Commonwealth border as well. Um, you even you even hear about in like the short story that uh, they have Free World's League olive drab uniforms occasionally. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. They, they've got, and, and they're such part of why I think they are so interesting is that they are such a diverse group of people. And yet their culture is very Southwest, Southwest, um, you know, native American, Hispanic, rough and tumble cowboys is kind of the, the whole shtick that they give that that Victor Milan has given them and I'm totally here for it. I love it. I mean there's literally there's, guys named call sign. His call sign is cowboy. Um, there's literally a jargon um, oh yeah with plenty of Spanish in in these novels and it is fun Absolutely. to to learn and and just see that carry through. That's nice. Yeah, it's a fantastic um read. The characters are incredible. Um there's a little bit of, I mean, they're all kind of crazy <laughs> in the best way possible, you know, they're, um, they're a little, they're a little unhinged occasionally, especially are. like the younger, the younger officers are definitely a little unhinged or the NCOs. Well, and then there's, I mean, again, this is early days of Battletech and Battletech has never been as far as how the mechs move and how they're treated, you know, they can move at speed, but they've never been treated as like extensions of the pilot, you know, like, like in uh, more Eastern mecha stories, you know, where it's like almost, you know, in the, in like, you know, Gundam and Robotech and stuff like that. It's almost like they're an extension of the pilot and they're like fighting like crazy fast and doing all these acrobatics. That's never the case in Battletech. <laughs> except for a couple of times. And one of those is definitely in one of these novels. And we have a wasp pilot that somersaults his mech. Impressive. That's all I'm saying. Uh, also, it's a, it's a wasp pilot. I guess it's not really a stinger, so it's not quite the same. But uh, if you've listened to Of Mechs and Men, the fantastic... Battletech Book Club podcast. Stinger pilots are, you know, a dime a dozen. They are uh, always dying left and right. And I I can't remember because it's been so long since I've read the books. Do they have a Stinger pilot too? Yes, Along they do. With, yeah. And uh, does he die? I don't remember. That I'm going to have to relook at. Uh, me too. Um I I feel like he he can't die at least not in the first book. And it's if not, French. It's French Fry who's in the Stinger. 
Okay. And then, uh, what is it? Uh, the Wasp. Well, I'm a, is the Wasp piloted. is cowboy. Right. Absolutely. It yeah. is. Um, I'm looking for his. It's a black and yellow striped. Oh yeah. Yellow jacket, cowboy William James Payson. Fantastic. It's like straight up wasp colors, right? You know, mm-hmm. yellow, yellow jacket. Um, but yeah, they like. And his character, his character is a little bit unhinged too, because he's oh, always 100%. acted tough and and strutting like a like his namesake, and it's 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 entertaining to hear that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, he's crazy. Um, in again, in the best way possible. <laughs> well, in some cases, it's uh, it could be brought up on charges. <laughs> oh, absolutely. But, yeah, yeah. It, it's good to hear the story, though. Not in but real life. <laughs> if I've got to look it up, and I'm not going to promise it yet, but I know that they listen occasionally, and hopefully, this is an example of a stinger pilot. Definitely a wasp pilot, but a stinger pilot that survives. So uh, we're going <laughs> to, I've got to fact check myself again now that I'm thinking about it. But, uh, but yeah, I can't wait uh, for them to get to these books as well because I think they'll just find them fantastic. But they, um, all the characters in these novels and, and the caballeros themselves, they're just, all super fantastic individual characters and you know we're we're here for the the rope we're here for the mechs we're here for the robots but man the characters make it in these novels for sure um if you don't know uh the three novels that they are in is uh they're off by victor milan that is close quarters uh hearts of chaos and Black Dragon. Uh, if you're watching the video, they are up on the screen now in our presentation. And they, uh, again, they're fantastic books. They came out within two years, two and a half years of each other. So it was, uh, we didn't have a long wait when they first came out. Uh, especially for the last two, which was great. Uh, and they do follow Cassie Southern, this infantry scout. She and she's even been with the Caballeros for a while when when they when we come upon her in the books but she's still considered an outsider because she's not um she's not a of, true she's not of the trinity worlds like they are right uh, and they call her Abtaka. so <laughs> uh nice little snippet there um but and she, and it's a real point of um conflict with her for the whole first book until they finally explain that like it's a term of endearment for them. Um, they, they love her to death. She's, she's like the daughter of the whole regiment, you know, um, everyone, everyone knows that she's the craziest of them all (laughs) and she can, uh, you know, take, she consistently takes down battle mechs. And that's again, part of the fun part of the stories is that um, she is an infantryman who takes down mechs. And, you know, it's not the same as, like, Grace and Death Carlisle, right? He he and Ramage 
uh, of the the GDL, they're known for taking down mechs, but they're like trained anti-mech infantry, right? And so it's like they've got all the tricks of normal anti-mech infantry. So sticking and a lot the, more people and a lot more people, but they're sticking the <laughs> satchel charges, which again, I know that's not what they look like, but I swear to my 13 year old brain when I was reading this you know not having a military family and background a satchel charge to me they were just like yeah in a bag it's just like some explosives I just kept picturing this like duffel bag like old school sports <laughs> duffel bag and they've just packed it full of explosives <clears throat> and they're running up and shoving it in a knee joint I know that's not what it is but I'm just saying like the mental the mental image is always there um but they, uh, but yeah, that's the Grey Death Legion. And then you've got uh, Cassie Southern. And she is the MacGyver of taking down battle mechs. I mean, it's a, it's a famous scene in the book. And it's referenced as a joke later in the book that all we need is a mop handle and Cassie Southern's going <laughs> to take down a mech. That's awesome. I mean, you got to read it. <laughs> <laughs> I can't give anything else away, but you got to read it because it's fantastic. Um, but yeah, we're going to get into, we're going to get into their, um, <laughs> uh, a summary for them here, but it's, yeah, the it's, and it's just also too, I feel like this was one of the first books that we got a good look at a completely different culture than what we were used to in the nineties with all of the mercenary companies that we were very, very military. And this unit was like a family. Oh this, yeah. This unit was rough and tumble. Uh, the, you know, half of them were the crazy uncle. Um, the other half were the crazy cousins, you know? Um, and then they, they also ended up working for cousin of the coordinator of the Draconis combine. And so then we get a bunch of crazy mech warriors, you know, in the 3050s and beyond after the death to mercenaries has lifted and they are working in the Draconis Combine. So we get to see, you know, both a positive and negative side of the Draconis Combine culture next to and alongside these crazy cowboys. So, uh, yeah, it's just... Yeah, I you know, add more but to what I'm saying here, but like it it's hard to compare these books to the kind of standard military history sci-fi that we get with all the others. I mean, unless you can think of others that, that fit the bill. You know, <clears throat> this reminds me of a spaghetti western in BattleTech oh, yeah. format. 100% yeah, and, and and I think, you know, kind of like, like, and again, that's part of why I like Battletech, is that it is got a little bit of that Western feel. It's got a little bit of the, you know, some of them have a little bit of that, um, you know, a knight in armor kind of feel. Like, the mech warriors are very treated with this nobility and this romanticism of being, you know, uh, you know, a knight, essentially, kind of thing. Um, but yeah, these definitely have that spaghetti western, and I I have a a much greater appreciation now even um, of it. So, but let's talk about them for a little bit. Uh, so the 
The Camachos Caballeros, also known as the 17th Recon Regiment, um, again, formed in the 3000s. Their first appearance, I think, I don't know if it was just the logo was in the mer- the original Mercenary Handbook in 1987 as part of this weird mistake by the publishers that was supposed to be a unit in the Eridani Light Horse. I, I don't know the exact details of it. Um, so if somebody has an old copy, like an old copy of the Mercenary Handbook, I'd be curious to know. Uh, what's in there because they said uh, it was in the cl- in the Battletech forums and apparently someone from uh, FASA or somebody uh, official responded saying that it was an oversight based on a unit patch uh, depiction in the Old Mercenaries Handbook for the 17th Recon Regiment. However, the patch referred to a subunit of the Eridani Light Horse. Uh, which is obviously a distinctly different unit. Um, so yeah, that's kind of a, a cool little snippet there. Uh, the first appearance in fiction obviously was the first novel, Close Quarters, from 1994. And like I said, the other two came out in 1996. And then the third piece of fiction, I swear, like we were having this discussion before we recorded Fourth piece. The fourth piece of fiction that is about Cassie Southern, I swear, is somewhere in the novels. I just, as we were talking about it, I was like, I swear I've read this. (laughs) Uh, And I don't know if it was a snippet in one of the novels, if it was like some flashback sequences, but it was definitely printed in the 25th anniversary, Battletech anniversary uh, uh, art and fiction book in 2009. Uh, and that which, is uh Ozymandias. Yeah, that's the name of the of the short story there. Um and like I said, I I swear it was published somewhere before 2009 because I was definitely not in BattleTech in 2009 in any shape or form. Um I had just gotten married in 2008. I had been out probably for at least five years before that. And then I didn't get back into Battletech until Hairbrain Schemes launched their Kickstarter for the video game. And then my my uh, radar was up, and I, when Callus Game Labs put out the first box set, I came back in. That uh, I didn't actually buy the first box set. I couldn't find it. Um, and so I ended up getting... The first purchase back was the Battletech manual. I actually had a friend deliver it from Gen Con when it was released. So I got it before most everyone else. Um, you know, it was an older cover. It's got the, the Timberwolf on it. Like the old old school Timberwolf on it as opposed to the new sculpt. Uh, and now that book has the Crusader on it. So, um, so yeah, but they, they, so yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to have to figure out where that story came from because I have 100% read it. I just don't remember where. <laughs> so, but yeah, we'll that's the deep, fourth piece we'll of fiction. We'll have to deep dive that one. Yeah, for sure. Um, we'll probably do it after we finish recording here. <laughs> if not. Um, follow up. Follow up. 
Uh, but yeah, <clears> so <throat> that's that's the four pieces of fiction uh, that we know of. There's another piece of fiction out there, tangentially related, but nothing actually connects it. So ask me about it later, but we're not going to put it in here. No. Uh, <laughs> We'd rather have facts instead of yes, yes. Well, facts moments. as much as we can get them. Um, but yeah, the um, again, uh, just kind of a snippet. Uh, you can find this on Sarna, Sarna, and this is what's described in close quarters. Uh, the unit's mostly Free Worlds League natives. Um, you know, very diverse uh, ethnicities, and um, and many of the members hail from the three worlds uh, called the Trinity of Southwestern worlds. Um, like I said, on the edge, on the periphery of that, uh, and mostly of Hispanic descent, but there's also Native American in there and many others. And it's interesting because Victor Milan even goes so far as to give them each, not each, but many of them um, in their character development. He talks about, you know, their faith or, you know, uh, their belief, you know, uh, you know, core values, for, core values, you know, uh, cultural beliefs, you know, talking about um, what their ancestors from Terra did, basically. Uh, and so, yeah, very cool. Um, another fun fact, uh, they did face the clans in the clan invasion. And Carlos Camancho was actually famous for piloting a timber wolf with the shark's mouth on it. Uh, great image. Totally, totally brings me back to the World War II fighter pilot or fighter plane vibes. Um, you know, all, I, I just picture it, you know, giant shark's teeth. Um, and so they, they had a, a rather eclectic collection of mechs. Would you say With that? that, uh, with that, um, was it a Timberwolf A that they picked up from the Smoke Jaguars, I think? It was a Prime or an A. It was one of those two. I, I can't remember, honestly, but I it was definitely one of the primary configurations from the 3050 book. And so. speaking of uh, eclectic units, yeah, there, it's, a, it's a fun hodgepodge. Yes. And part of what you mentioned earlier they were basically allowed to paint it whatever they wanted, unless they were specifically doing a camo pattern, but I don't even know that they did that very often. There was, uh, in that short story, they talked about a yellow mottled, yellow modded, yellow mottled, and yeah. um, khaki paint scheme that uh, their lance was painted in on the, the pirate world. Sounds like Panzer esque. <clears throat> yeah, most definitely. Um, and then they then they have this different uh, time period where everybody paints their own unit the way they want to, which is a lot of fun because oh yeah, how more confusing on the battlefield is? Who are these guys? Like, I don't know, but they have different painted things. You've got and one why that's does... all silver? You've got one that has uh, what was it? The locust had toys attached to the outside yep. of it or something yep toys Crazy. attached to the outside like there's a, a big tree. butterfly on the the valkyrie oh i forgot about that one yeah there's um, a big red-tailed hawk 
I ain't gone yes. the shadow hawk. Was it shadow hawk? Red tail. I believe. I believe it's a. Red but then you had the wasp that hawk. was literally painted like a wasp, red and yellow, you know, uh, striping. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, and you know, again, as a as a young enthusiast of BattleTech, what more could you want than like cool custom paint jobs, right? And even having like a fire starter that's painted silver, like a Zippo, that's yeah, yeah, that exactly. that's fun. That's a lot of fun. Oh my gosh. Um, but it, after the clan invasion, they became employed by Chandra Sakar. Uncle Chandy. Yeah, Karita. Uncle Chandy. He was the, was he the uncle of Theodore Karita? Or was he a cousin? I think this is his nickname. He was called Uncle Chandy, so I, I assume he was the uncle. Um, again, it's been probably 20 years since I've read these books. Um, but yeah, he was like the eclectic, um, known as uncle Chandy to his friends. He was kind of like the black sheep of the family of the Caritas. Um, and so, but he was well loved by Theodore and Theodore's family. And so they get hired by them. Uh, through most of the time period between, you know, post-clan invasion to just before the Blakist era, so that we can not say that word uh, <laughs> and get ping- pinged. Uh, but some yeah, of the so history, some of the history is um, he was a distant cousin to Takashi Kurita. Okay. Um, okay. So he was a cousin. He just wasn't. Or excuse me, theater Karita. And then uh, ultimately yeah. exiled by the court <laughs> and then yeah. started building his business. <laughs> yeah. He was a savvy business person for sure. Um, but along with that, you know, and this is kind of going through the books, the Caballeros end up uh, in the service to uncle Chandy. They end up, um, fighting the Black Dragon Society, which is like a secret society within the Draconis Combine. They fight the Otomo, uh, or, or not the uh, whole Otomo, but they fight Otomo assassins who are trying to kill the coordinator on his birthday, along with Uncle Chandy. Um, they, you know, fight against the ISF. Cassie kind of has her antith... Uh, what, what am I trying to think of? You've got your uh, protagonist and your antagonist. She kind of has her antagonist in the IS, in the internal security force, the ISF. Um, and since she is like a special forces person going up against this like ninja assassin, great times, great times reading it. Um, occasionally there's some teaming up. Just I'm just telling you, this is one big advertisement to read this trilogy. That's all I'm really saying. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then they eventually, as it comes towards the end of the Civil War period and into the Blakist period, they end up going back to the Trinity Worlds and uh, the... 
Free Worlds League falls apart. The Trinity Worlds are kind of annexed by the Lyran Alliance. And so they basically f form a contract with the Lyran Alliance to say, hey, we'll, we'll take a contract, but we have to, you have to let us defend our worlds, basically. And then we'll do other defensive contracts for you. So, um, And that got messy. It did get messy. Um, they, into the Dark Ages, kind of continued to do that. But, um, where did that page go? They beat up some ghost bears with some hitmen mechs yes. spotting for artillery. That was kind of cool. Ugly, ugly mechs. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they, yeah they, they faced off against the ghost bears. Um, they linked up with the wolf's dragoons for a while. Yes. Uh, fighting alongside them. They also I think it was faced Epsilon. I think it was. Um, I think so. Let me see here. Um, they also faced off against the Marian hegemony. Oh, a lot. A lot that, during the Dark Ages. That was Ages. a lot. Yeah. Um, which, I, that's one of those factions that I don't know a whole lot about, except for what has come out in some of the new fiction. Like, there's a there's a story in the most recent shrapnel about one unit who was facing against some Marian hegemony. And it's crazy because I didn't realize until that book that they emulate the Roman empire in almost <laughs> literally their entire, uh, culture. Like they have a Caesar, they have, uh, all the Roman, uh, like legionnaire, you know, ranks, down to the Latin names for them. Interesting, uh, but kind of crazy. Um, but it definitely piqued my interest, the the fiction that was in uh, Shrapnel 13, I think is what it was. Uh, but yeah, so they faced off against them quite a bit. Uh, they also faced off against the Jade... Well, they were uh, going to face off against the Jade Falcons until the Blakists happened. <laughs> After that, um, like I said, Marion Hegemony, uh, they fought alongside the Wolf Dragoons. They fought alongside the Spiders Web Battalion and the Gamma Regiment, actually. That's what it was. There's like two or three of them. Yeah. Um, and they were fighting against the uh, Tamarind Regulars. So they were fighting against one of the former Free Worlds League states, uh, the Duchy of Tamarind Abbey. Um into the 3100s. Um, but it's funny because whenever they did, whenever the Free Worlds League actually, whenever they actually fell apart, before the Lyran Alliance came calling, uh, Carlos Comancho was actually made president of one of the planets of the Trinity world. <laughs> As he should. As he should be, considering <laughs> he had four battalions to defend the trinity and a few other worlds around them yeah who's gonna say no no of course everyone's <laughs> like yeah you do it you, you'd be great <laughs> just start petting one of the battle tech feet and be like yeah what what do you mean you don't want me to be president don't let me unleash my hounds yeah oh man that's so crazy but yeah so he was he was um you know president for a while there uh, in 3106, the commanding officer of the Caballeros was Jesus Camacho, 
son of former command. Oh, that's what it was. It wasn't Gavilan. It was the son of former commander Gavilan Camacho. Um, and he, it said, it said that he died in 3106 and then command went to his wife, uh, Angela Camacho, who was the daughter of Cassie, Cassie. Southern. Famed nice to see it. scout. Yeah. Nice, nice to see you go full circle. Full circle. Um, as they do, right? Uh, I mean, they know they had to tie in a lot of these characters in the new eras to characters that we related to and loved. And I think they had to kind of do that. And in, in a lot of instances, they had to do it. You know, I'm thinking, I'm talking about Catalyst Game Labs here. Had to do a lot of that because of the treatment that Wizards of the, you know, WizKids and FanPro did when they like killed everybody or just tried to skip forward and be like, oh yeah, there are no, no one's around anymore, you know, uh, and really lost <laughs> the, the hearts and minds of the Battletech fans for a while. Um, so yeah, I feel like, you know, it's a little convenient that, but at the same time, the, the family legacy in Battletech has always been strong. This way it keeps the plot thickening. <laughs> oh, absolutely. But <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Out. Like the entire Battletech universe, that is a theme that family legacy, right? Whether it's with the major um, you know, rulers houses. of the houses, you know, House Karita, House Steiner, Davion, Liao, Merrick, uh, whether it's, I mean, clans and their blood names, um, and, but then mercenary units. I mean, you've got all the mercenary units, you know. But but again, going back to the days of the Succession Wars, it was also family legacy because most mechs were handed down to family members. Um, <laughs> Thanks, Dad. <laughs> yeah. I mean, somebody in the family was going to get it, and they were going to become a pilot because uh, those I don't things want were so... Mech. Those things were so expensive, and they were basically lost tech during the Succession Wars. Nobody was making them anymore until the you know, early 3000s when they started finally making them and then really producing them thanks to the Helm Memory Core. So, uh, but yeah, I, for one, am glad that they have survived the Dark Ages, and they are in the Ill Clan era. Uh, yes, pro- still because approximately full strength. Um, because, because they've now basically they're talking, been, yeah, they're talking of bringing out the mercenary era. Oh, after yeah. the old clan, That's so the, they the have whole, to be there, right? They have to be there. Well, so <laughs> I mean, the recent Kickstarter was the Mercenaries Kickstarter. Um, sadly, we don't have a force pack to talk about, but we're gonna have a fun exercise where we talk about what we think the ideal force pack for the Caballeros would be. Uh, but the unit as a whole has made it to the Oak Clan era. They are, again, in the service of the Free Worlds League because the Free Worlds League came back and retook over all those planets and they basically made the same deal with them uh, that they did with the Lyran Alliance, like, you know, 80 years previous. And... 
And so they then, uh, and then during that time, again, fighting the Marian hegemony. But in 3150, they, um, they defeated, or they, they assaulted and conquered the capital, uh, or, yeah, the province capital of Illyria of the Marian hegemony. Um, they finally so did it. They finally did it, yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how that develops moving into the El Clan era. But yeah, they have basically been at regimental strength the entire time. I feel like they didn't really have to decommission since they were in kind of off by themselves defending the Trinity worlds. Um, well, maybe if the jihad struck them a little bit, they might have been knocked down a peg or two. I don't think that they really were in that, though, uh, because they were basically being defensive against, you know, when, when the Free Worlds League left, well, dissolved, and they kind of just came back and had their own little uh, alliance of planets that they defended. So Pretty nice if they can avoid it. Yeah, yeah, one of the few honestly um but very cool very cool mercenary unit uh highly recommend reading these novels and i mean i've been on a kick reading more biotech lately because of the fantastic bundle uh that you know humble bundle that delivered the first 60 novels um so yeah awesome Awesome books to read. But, Matt, let's go into this fun little exercise. Now that we are past all of the, uh, you know, released force packs from Catalyst, what do we think the ideal mechs for a force pack for Camacho's Caballeros would be? Well, you definitely have some of those original units that have already been kind of done since they, they take on, you know, nice salvage. Um, Absolutely. I think we talked earlier before about um, just reposing or adding a jumping style to, say, like a Phoenix Talk or a Shadowhawk or a well, We've got a jumping Shadowhawk already. I think a jumping Wasp, mostly because Cowboy is such a prolific character. Um, for the, I just feel like for jumping, I feel like that's pr- one of the best options. And then we what also if he's talked like in about a, in a kneel. What if he's in a kneeling jump where he can kneel and jump? Yeah, when you take him off of the plume of smoke, uh, his legs are in such a way that you could almost have him kneeling like he's about to roll a somersault because it's cannon. Okay, he rolled <laughs> a somersault. Have, have him cannonball. <laughs> yes. And he's like he, cannonballing he's like, through the air. Yeah. And he's like taking a dump when he's on the hex. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, so that I feel like that's a, a great candidate for the jumping. Uh, I do like the Phoenix Hawk too, but I just think the Wasp and Cowboy, it was just such a prolific character in the books. Uh, what about a uh, a reposed What's something out there that would be a good repose? Now, I don't you're feel about like a we hunchback. Could... Yes, um, uh, and I know Chandler dragon. will. I know Chandler will love this um, because he's you know 
uh, Hunchback Fan uh, 3069. Uh, it's his new handle. Find him on Twitter. Just kidding. Don't. <laughs> 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 Made that up. <laughs> but he, uh, I feel like he would love that. And I think that would be an awesome repose, like a repose Hunchback. We don't have a whole lot of them, actually. Uh, we've got way too many urban mechs, not enough hunchbacks. <laughs> that's that's the truth. You've heard it here for first. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, I think a reposed hunchback would be pretty awesome. Um, I mean, there's so many mechs in the Caballeros that they took through salvage that the the new which which new edition. Um, We've probably got a list of like fifteen, you know, that we could add. Yeah, you could um, add like a a Naginata or a. Oh man, yeah. Uh, but what's okay? So we've got the jumping. I think the wasp. I think that's good. The reposed. Love the hunchback. What about a variant? A variant of the wasp. No, no, no. I like what? So in in the in oh, most of the four style variant, variant, a jumping, for a, unit? a reposed, and a new. So I think, you know, like you mentioned something about the Battlemaster. I don't remember what Battlemaster it was that Cassie commandeered. Oh, it would have been a Draconis Combine Battlemaster. And it's all painted gold. So that that could be a a good variant. I don't know which one it was. I don't recall it at hand right now either. Um... I don't think I ever found a variant, to be honest. Because when I searched through the books to try and make lists for uh, 350 lists or um, classic lists, I don't think I, I, don't think I came across it. Is there a K it. version of the Battlemaster? I don't even know that there was one. Because usually it was K, right? Sometimes. Uh, Yeah, I don't see any really. So who knows? Uh, yes, there are other Battlemaster K three and four. There we go. Those are pretty late though, weren't they? They uh, <clears throat> thirty seven, thirty yeah, seventy three. And obviously these books were were not then. A lot of uh, well, rear tag C three master. We're going to have a lot of specialties. Okay. Well, uh, so maybe not a variant of that. Um, but, like, I don't know. Like, what else? Was there anything else that was... I mean, we have so many Timberwolves. If it was, in fact, a Timberwolf <laughs> A, I kind of hate to say a Timberwolf. But, I mean, if it was a Timberwolf and it was a variant and it didn't look like a Timberwolf, I could maybe go for it. I could definitely go for it if, like you said earlier, on the plastic they put the shark, uh, oh. the shark mouth. <laughs> make it embossed. Yeah, make it embossed with a shark mouth. Um, and a variant. Be, so a variant, and it has a shark tooth mouth. Um, that that'd be a lot of fun. Then yes, I could go for I could go for a Timberwolf that way. Um, but otherwise, we have a lot of those. Now, the new mix. My first thought was was the tarantula a four-legged mech that is oft overlooked 
However, there's a cool snippet of info that the tarantula was, uh, the, they had a specific pilot who was so good piloting it that the Draconis Combine actually started fielding it because of this pilot in the Caballeros. Um, and so that, I don't know, I just thought that was pretty cool. Uh, it was um, Lieutenant Rosita Gavila La Wolverine Guadalupe Ramirez. <laughs> That's right. I'd like to buy another vowel. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, she piloted a tarantula, and uh, it convinced the procurement department to start using the mech. So I don't know. I thought that was cool. But you made an excellent uh, argument for the Hitman, because there were several of them that used that to defeat the Ghost Bears. Uh, I mean, they had so many, so many. The Naganata, which was the um, artillery mech. Yeah, that was that was. Um, who was um, who was that? Gabby. No. I it was mainly a fire support assault mech. Yeah. And it was it was a pride and joy that they put in the parade oh, uh, yeah. when they would leave the dropship. I mean, it was all painted red. I do um, love that. I do <clears> love <throat> the style of it too. Um, it's been a while since I thought about it, but. Um... Yeah, man, I remember that big, ugly mech. <laughs> so great. Waddling down the avenue. Yeah, fantastic. No, I, I, I mean, it, you know, like I said, it definitely wasn't, you know, a pretty thing, but I always, I just, I always liked it for sure. There was talk about, um, you mentioned artillery, and they talked about a, Obey Kimono. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, that's man, that's tough for me to say. Um, it was a it was a Mike, ten model, and um, that was an experimental unit that Diana had, um, was using. Yeah, that would be another fun one too. Ha! What's that? How do you spell Obey Kimono? O dash. B A K, yeah, it's That's it's a legit. I was like, like you will not spell this right without a hyphen or something. Exactly, yeah, yeah. That that was also one of those ones that was just crazy, um, and yeah, two two arrow four. So yeah, I I mean, I mean they had so many others. You listed like the war dog. You listed, uh, what? Give me some of those other ones you said earlier, because uh, uh, I don't I don't know honestly. Like there was a a butterfly on on a Valkyrie piloted by Janine Esposito, yeah, um, who picked up a a V bed van and jumped off with it, and ultimately <laughs> blew up, and there was that. hardly any pieces left of it. That would be oh, kind of sweet yeah. to to have a miniature <clears throat> holding a a V bed van. van. Yeah, I forgot about that. Um. Um, Diana Vasquez's catapult was an arrow for artillery unit. And then she got the Obey Kimono, right? That's what yeah. she upgraded to? Yeah. yeah Sounds like it. Crazy. I mean, you have um, classic um, Dark Lady um, Callie McDougal's uh, Dark oh, Lady Atlas. That's why. 
You just said her name, Callie McDougal. Oh, that's the Callie story. That's the Callie story. Hey, okay. Stars are aligning. <laughs> so now we've so, figured out the connection a, because we haven't read a, it all. So there is a, a fifth. There's a fifth. There's a fifth story. The short uh, but story. it just doesn't have to do with Cassie. It's, it's Callie's call. It has to call. do with Callie. It's Callie McDougal. She, and um, yeah, now I'm remembering Callie McDougal. Uh, it's not a great story, honestly. No. I mean, like, it's, it's not a happy story. It's it's a good story, but it's not a happy it's a, story. It's a story about her rough, um, yes. troubled house upbringing mm-hmm. um, with a stepfather. And then the ranch gets assaulted by um, some bad banditos. And yeah. she ends up using the cattle against them. And a cattle master with a machine yes. gun, and basically uh, no, a, ends a all master, of them. A ranch, ranch master. master. Thank you. Um, but yeah, so she, so yeah, okay, there we go. There's the connection. I had forgotten about her. Who I forgot her name. How did we miss that? <laughs> well, I remember the we... Atlas. I forgot her name, but Callie McDougal. So there's a, so there is a fifth, and it's called Callie's Call. I am adding it to the show notes now, so it will be in the show notes with the others. Um, it's kind of fun where we, we start with a baseline and then all of a sudden like, Hey, let's add oh. two more short stories to it. Cause yeah. it's like a whole, people want to see all these collections so they yes. can experience and go through them yes. in the timeline, which is fun. Um, and that was that I do know because I had started to put it and I didn't, that was in the Babacore anthology from 2005, um, 2005 or 2006. No. That is 2005, and okay. that takes place in 3039 Succession yes. Wars era. Yes. Uh, and, before uh, before she was she was essentially a child at that point. So yeah, she was battling against Locust. Yep. So okay, awesome. Uh, yeah. So she was she was 13 years old basically. So everybody's teenager should drive a Mac. Yeah. <laughs> I cannot picture my 13-year-old driving anything, let alone a Mac. Oh, I hope not. They'd have a terrible time <laughs> parallel parking. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> um, Where are you going to put that thing in the Grove? Yep. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, uh, I think that is a fantastic collection of mechs that could be put into a Caballero's Force Pack. So, Catalyst... We've given you a great list. Give us a Caballero's Force Pack, and uh, and that'd be fantastic. I'd love that. Ooh, I've got an alibi. Okay. Let's hear a, a beginning story of the Caballeros. I would love to have some beginning fiction uh, to the Caballeros. In fact, you know what I think? I remember somebody asking about the Caballeros again. Um, you know, I think I think it was in one of the... Q and A's with the CGL guys at last year's Gen Con, or maybe at the launch of the Kickstarter at Adepticon. And because somebody was asking, I think somebody in chat asked about, will we ever see a Caballero's fiction again? Because sadly, Victor Milan uh, has passed on. So, and we'd like to see that carried, carried along. Absolutely. I mean, I think he would want that too. Um, but yeah, and they said that yeah, we would love to have that, but we haven't had anyone to do it yet. Uh, and I'm sure that also means they haven't had anyone that they felt 
would do it justice. So they're um, certainly going to have to have some good slang. Oh yeah, for sure. But I would love to see both that story, the origin story of the 17th Recon Regiment, and an ill an ill clan story because I'm I'm so ready for just more ill clan fiction at this point. Um, you know, I I, I just. I'm I'm ready to move forward. <laughs> I'm ready to move forward. I do appreciate uh, getting snippets of Dark Age and Blakest era, and even some Succession Wars era short stories in Shrapnel, and I think that's the perfect delivery for a lot of those stories at the moment. But as far as the main novel line, I would be perfectly happy just seeing, um, you know, barring one or two exceptions. I know there's also Wolf Dragoon's novel that needs to be uh, <laughs> supposedly is supposed to be written, finished up. It's close. It's like uh, there's like a couple chapters left, I think. But I would love to just move forward into the Ill Clan era. I'm so ready for it. Uh, I know we'll get a lot more when the Mercenaries Kickstarter stuff comes out, but yeah, I'm I'm excited. So I'm excited about the future of BattleTech and. Um, Find out, you know, more in the story for all of these mercenary units as if they still exist. We'll definitely have some that don't anymore, but, um, but yeah. So, uh, with that, uh, I think we are into the end of our show. Uh, so Matt, thank you very much for coming on. Uh, also oh, thank you. Yeah. Also, don't forget, uh, there's not a force pack for Comanches Caballeros, but if you <laughs> don't have uh, a friendly local game store, uh, I highly recommend a friend of the show, Fortress Miniatures and Games. They are our sponsor, and you can find them in the show notes. You can also uh, check it out on the screen there now, um, and they are a great source for all your battle tech needs. So check them out. Um, but Matt, do you have anything else you'd like to say about Comanchos, Caballeros, and then, uh, what's, uh, give me a, give me a shout out. Any shout outs today? I think we've had a wonderful presentation for Comanchos, Caballeros. I think it's a fabulous, uh, set of stories that anybody can pick up and have a lot of fun with, um. And I have shout outs of my old podcast, uh, Wolfnet Radio. Shout out to uh, Aaron and Andrew Kroll, Tommy Kruger, and Charles Gideon Dirks. And uh, I know we're excited for more um, content and more things coming out for products. So, absolutely. Thank you again for this opportunity and invite. And yes, thank you for accepting and, and joining me on it. So it's uh, it's been a lot of fun. Looking forward to doing more. And uh, we still have some that have some good fiction, like the Caballeros. But we're, it's, uh, it's gonna, the list is going to start getting... Well, the list is long, but the, the content to cover is going to be shorter. Uh, continuing, continually getting shorter as we move forward. Because there's a lot of Battletech units out there that um, don't have a lot of fiction. So we're going to go through the ones that do first. And then we'll move into some of the others and 
those episodes could be a little shorter for sure. But, <laughs> but thanks again for joining me on this episode, uh, and look forward to the next one. And it's always fun to chat BattleTech with you, uh, Matt. And we will do it again uh, soon, I'm sure. So, absolutely. But uh, but thank you all for joining us uh, again. If you've stuck around this long, thank you so much for listening and supporting the show. Uh, please check out our YouTube. Uh, youtube.com slash at mercenary star podcast uh, also you can look us up anywhere that you find your podcast um, you can also follow us on twitter and instagram and it would love to interact with you there um, but yeah give us a like and a subscribe leave us a review every little bit helps and uh, I, I did look at my stats the other day and 70% of uh, listeners are not subs or viewers are not subscribed. Can you imagine? <gasps> I know. How dare they not? Uh, they need I think to it's do, a, do that. I think it's you need to hit that stat, button right now. I would love, I would love for you to <laughs> subscribe to the YouTube channel uh, and uh, give us a like. So, anyway, thank you all. Have a wonderful rest of your week. Good night and God bless.